Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, the Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised, infallible, and impregnable word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here's our Pastor Albert with today's word. I don't know if you've caught this, but throughout the whole entire morning, the the title of today's message has been given over and over in our songs, in our devotion, in a prophetic utterance. It, It says, come into the secret place. Today's title, in the secret place. Hallelujah. How many know about the secret place with God? How many have been to the secret place with God? How many have no idea where that address is? Hallelujah. The secret place with the Lord. I pray today that you find the address to this place. Hallelujah. It is the place where lives are set free. It is the place where you get to know God on a one-to-one. It is the place where life as you know it will never be the same again. It is a place where I can't take you, but you have to get there on your own. Hallelujah. It is a place that I could preach about till my face turns purple, but until you go there for yourself, you will have no idea what I'm talking about. You will have no idea the great and mighty things that God has planned and in store for you. It's only found in the secret place with the Lord God Almighty. Amen? So if you can, let's open up our Bibles to Psalm chapter 91. We're going to read from verses 1 through 11. And if you are able, I'm going to ask you kindly to stand for the reading of God's Word. Glory to God. Psalm 91. When you have it, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Word of the Lord says... He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrows that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Hallelujah. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all 
your ways. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Get excited, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This morning, we had read probably one of the most famous chapters in the whole book of Psalms. Everyone loves this, this book, and if you don't love it, you should love it. Hallelujah. It's one of my favorites. Praise God. There's a lot of Psalms. But this is a Psalm especially and specifically for those who walk with God. Hallelujah. How many are walking with God this morning? How many know that you can't walk with God and hold hands with the devil? Hallelujah. It's either one or the other. It's all in or not. You either serve the Lord with all your heart, body, soul, strength, spirit, or you don't. Hallelujah. And so many of us uh, uh, believe that there's still time. Let me tell you, there's no time left. We must get right with God this morning. This psalm is for those who walk with confidence in their relationship with the Lord. Do you know that when you have that intimate, deep, personal relationship with God, you could call upon his power. You could call upon him in your darkest hour. You could call upon him when all hell breaks loose. Did you know uh, Brother Stanley Pramnath? He was a guest here at our church. We've had him here twice. Brother Stanley Pramnath, you'll see him every year on the Discovery Channel and the Learning Channel and National Geographic. He is a survivor of the World Trade Center terrorist attacks back in 2001 at 9-11. He was on the 82nd floor on the South Tower when he was having his bagel with a cup of coffee and, and he had the Bible open and he's reading his word and he's on the phone and he's preparing to start his day just like any other day. And he looks outside the window. And when he looks outside the window, what does he see? A, seven, a, a 747 jetliner heading right to his window with lightning speed. And we hear his testimony. He says, Lord, I can't do this. Take over. And that's all he was able to say. And immediately the plane crashed into that tower. And the wing of that plane went right over his desk. There was explosions. All the lights went out. Smoke and jet fuel everywhere. It seemed like hell literally just entered into his office space. But there's something that Brother Stanley Pramnath knew that many people in that building didn't know. Hallelujah. Many people did not know that that day would be their last day on earth. Brother Stanley didn't know it would be his last day on earth. He didn't count on that, but he counted on the word of God, the word that was sown in his heart. And he recalls Psalm 91 as the verses of scripture that he used to get out of this building. And if, if you haven't heard the testimony, it's on our website, it's on YouTube, you should definitely listen to it. It's very inspiring. But the Lord had sent people to him, people he'd never seen before and never will see again. I believe he may have been visited by angels in that, in the hallway. And, you know, he was in a dark room where smoke is everywhere. Ash is covering his body and there's flames and fire and heat. And somehow he managed to get to the stairwell. And then he gets all the way down and out of the building and the whole building collapses. 
Let me tell you something. When it's your time to go, there's nothing you can do about it. But when God has a plan for your life, hallelujah, there's nothing that the devil can do about it. There's nothing that a terrorist can do about it. Hallelujah. When you have spent time in the secret place of the Most High, your life is under protection. Hallelujah. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. How many believe that this morning? The Lord God will be your shield and your defense. Hallelujah. An ever-present help in times of trouble. He was spared because he has made the Lord Most High his dwelling place. And not only that, did you know that Brother Stanley, after that experience, he became a minister of the word. He is a credentialed, licensed, ordained minister. And now... He's got a testimony, but he had to pass the test. Turn to your neighbor and say, pass the test. Hallelujah. You can't have a testimony without the test. Hallelujah. And many of us begin to have our test, and we want to run away in fear and trembling and even in terror. Hallelujah. We need to pass the test this morning. Glory to God. You know, the word of God is not just a matter of religious profession, you know, pro professing the word of God, but it's life. It is life at the darkest hour. And if you ask Brother Stanley, he'll tell you, it was the word of God that, that kept me safe in that inferno of a building. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you know your heavenly father? Do you have that intimate personal relationship? Are you able to say in the quickness of a, of a fleeting moment, Lord, I can't do this. You take over. Are you able to say, Jesus, on the road when you see a drunk driver approaching your car, are you able to cry out the name of the Lord because you have that intimate hardcore relationship, unmovable, unflinching, a dedicated, unwavering faith in God Almighty because of the time spent with him in the secret place. Do you dwell with the Lord? Do you know him this morning? Do you have confidence in him? Do you trust the Lord this morning, do you know the God of the Bible or do you know about the God of the Bible? See, there's a difference. Many people know all about the God of the Bible, but they don't know the God of the Bible. Do we trust him? Do we serve him? You see, our father in heaven he doesn't want weekend visitation rights. Hallelujah. He's not a stepdad. Hallelujah. That gets to see us on Sunday morning. He wants to see you Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. You, you get the message? Hallelujah. It's an everyday thing with the Lord. Hallelujah. It's not just weekend visits. Hallelujah. God doesn't want joint custody with the world. He doesn't want to share 
compare you with this earth, with this world, with its system, with its politics, with its culture, with, with all the junk that we see on TV, the news that is so fake, we can't even trust it anymore. God don't want to share you with no one. He wants you all to himself. Hallelujah. He doesn't want supervised visitation rights. He doesn't want you to have to have the pastor nearby to get prayed over. Hallelujah. He doesn't want the deacon to have to come to your house to cast out spirits out of your living room. He doesn't want the elder to have to go and make a phone call on your behalf or to pray on your... He wants you to know you can do it yourself. All you got to do is spend time with me. Hallelujah. Now, before someone starts manifesting, you got some issues, call me. Hallelujah. I'll go to your house and we'll get it done. Hallelujah. Don't get turned off. Hallelujah. Stay with me. Hallelujah. How many know I'm telling you the truth? But there will come a time where you will need to pray for yourself. Where pastor may be in, in Europe somewhere sharing the word. Or, or somewhere in Africa. Hallelujah. Who knows where God will send me. And there won't be anybody around. And you got to put a hand on your own head. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I bind this headache in Jesus name. I'm a child of God. I'm blood brought. I'm sanctified. I'm delivered. I'm claiming my healing right now. In the name of Jesus. There's going to be a day where some demon is trying to hop on top of you in bed and, and is trying to steal your rest. And you're going to have to get out of your bed, get out of your comfort and say, Satan, get thee behind me. How dare you mess with my sleep? How dare you invade the sanctuary of my house, of my home? The peace of God dwelleth here. Hallelujah. I am blood brought. I'm a child of God. How dare you? mess with me there's a time where we got to get a righteous indignation and know who we are in Christ Jesus hallelujah hallelujah turn to your neighbor and say gird up hallelujah gird up thy loins hallelujah it's time to get strong in the things of God hallelujah it's time to fortify it's time to strengthen glory to God We're supposed to have a personal, long-lasting, loving, intimate relationship with God. We're supposed to spend time with him because he's good and his mercy endures forever. I love uh, uh, Brother uh, Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon. He has a quote, only those who know the love of God in Christ Jesus come into the secret place of the Most High. To dwell there, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Hallelujah. How do we measure up to this conclusion? Do we dwell in the secret place? Do we even have a secret place this morning? What words emerge in your time spent with the Lord? What does he say to you in the secret place when you're under the shadow of the Almighty. What is he saying to you as you abide in him? What do you hear God say to you? Or can you hear him at all? Let me tell you, so many of us, we pray. 
is a good thing. Pray always. Pray without ceasing. But when we pray, especially when you're alone with God, take a few moments and listen. Did you know that prayer is a dialogue between two people? That means you and God. Prayer is a conversation. It is a dialogue. It's where you pray to the Father. And before you say amen, hallelujah, put a zipper on it. Zip it. Zip it. And listen. You know, let those radar ears. What is he saying to me? We want to hear God, but we want to hear God through somebody else. It's always the prophet. Prophet, give me a word. Give me a word. We always want to go somewhere else to hear God speak. When God is saying, hello. I play this game on my, on my, uh, on my phone. Willy Wonka chocolate factory game. I love it. But every time you're playing the game and you miss some of the candies on the screen, it goes. It's a little sign and it's shaking to let you see. Because sometimes we miss things. The screen is right in front of us, but we miss it. It goes. And this is God saying to us. Hello, have you forgotten me? Hello, over here. Over here, I need some friends on Willy Wonka, so play the game. Hallelujah. <laughs> Find me on Facebook. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. We got to know the voice of God. We got we to gotta be tuning in to the spirit realm. It's there where, where you start to hear God. Listen, God speaks to his people. He speaks in line with his word. You know when God is speaking because it's his word that comes back and it begins to come into your life. It begins to come into your mind and your spirit. And you begin to recognize the voice of God. Is he your refuge this morning? Hallelujah. Every true believer finds that the Lord is their refuge. The Lord is the hiding place. How many have a hiding spot? Hallelujah. The Lord is the place to hide in when the storms of life come raging in. Hallelujah. He is the place where you could go to when, when you have fear all around you. When fear is trying to grip your heart and say you'll never be able to pay this bill. You'll never be able to stay in this house. You'll never be able to hold this job. You oh, Hold up, hold up. Hold up. Let, let me go to my secret place. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to get a different word over there. Hallelujah. What you're trying to say to me, I bind that in Jesus' name. Because I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. And, and let me just spend a little time in, in my secret place with the Heavenly Father. You see, that's where you get to upload. And then you come back and say, Satan, get thee behind me in the name of Jesus. Listen, we need to charge the batteries. How far you think you'll go to Florida? on one tank of gas leaving New York. Hallelujah. We want to drive forever, but we don't want to put gas in the car. It's in the secret place where you refuel, where, where you reignite, where you get charged up. Hallelujah. Is he your refuge this morning? The Bible says there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. How many of the know that the Lord is your friend? He calls you his friend this morning. David said so often throughout the Psalms, 
I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. Turn to your neighbor and say, he is my refuge. A strong refuge that no one can break through. No one can penetrate. No one can see into. It's a place that belongs and is reserved for you. Hallelujah. A strong defense where all I have to do is get there. That's it. Just get there. And you're there, you're safe. All hell is around you. Winds and storms and, and tempests and tornadoes and earthquakes and problems and drama. How many know uh, your pastor, he's allergic to drama? Drama, I, I'm not down with that. Hallelujah. I, I don't like drama. And when drama is all around and chaos and all that, go into the secret place. The place where God's mercy is found. The place where the next plan, the next direction, the next command, the next charge. Hallelujah. Where everything that you need is found there. David knows all about the refuge. Let, let, you know, I, I looked at the word refuge just in the book of Psalms. Did you know that 24 times in the book of Psalms, David refers to the Lord as being his refuge? Phenomenal. I picked a couple of powerful verses. Yeah, I might as well write them all down. Hallelujah. Here we go. Psalm 28.8. It says, the Lord is their strength and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. Psalm 46.1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help. In times of trouble. How many know that to be true this morning? Glory to God. Psalm 57, 1. The psalmist said, be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. For my soul trusts in you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge. Until these calamities have passed away. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Do you know that when, when everything around you seems to be just going crazy, calamity, you make the Lord your refuge. You hide under the shadow of the wings of the Almighty. And you don't just go there. And, and, and you stay there. Hallelujah. Until everything around you dissipates. Until the winds come. Until the storm passes by. Psalm 62, 8. It says, trust in him at all times, you people, pour out your heart before him, for God is a refuge for us. Hallelujah. Last verse, Psalm 71, 7. I have become as a wonder to many, but you are my strong refuge. Glory to God. The person who trusts in the Lord always will have a place to hide from every storm. Glory to God. How about this? The Lord is my fortress. How many know that God not only provides refuge, but he provides a fortress for you to hide in, a place of safety in times of battle. Praise God. Proverbs 18.10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into him, and they are what? Safe. Safe. Glory to God. Let me tell you, people think that salvation is the end all 
to crisis. That once you get saved, that's it. You're walking through the tulips, uh, uh, tiptoeing through the tulips. You're walking on a path of, of, of rose petals. And let me tell you, it is not the case. Hallelujah, when you come to Christ, all hell will break against you. All hell will come against you. You will be immediately challenged. And I'll, I'll even venture out and say this. If you're not being challenged, maybe because the decision wasn't real genuine to the first place. The devil ain't going to mess with you if he already got you. Am I telling the truth? But the minute you get serious about God, you start to have problems. Your dog starts acting up. Your cat starts scratching you. The fish don't want to eat their food. The food goes bad in the fridge. I mean, everything, all hell comes against you. Your boss is crabby. Your, your everything, everything. And you start to question, what is going on here? You know what's going on? The devil's trying to shake your world, shake your foundation. Did you know that every Christian is at spiritual war with the enemy? The minute you say yes to God, you have a legion of demons coming after you. Your war begins the minute you give your heart to Christ. And guess what? That war will never stop. Turn your neighbor and say, don't be scared. Hallelujah. We got power and authority. We got dominion. We are overcomers. We're more than conquerors. Do you know what it means to be more than a conqueror? I share this in every discipleship class. You know, to, to conquer means you have to go out and actually fight the battle. You have to overcome. You have to fight. And that's what makes you a conqueror. That's, how, that's what gives you the right to, to roll into the city on a white horse and say, yeah, I'm bad. Yep, we did it. We went in there, we, we, we killed everybody, killed the enemy. That's a conqueror. But you know what more than a conqueror is? That when you walk in and your enemy's dead, everybody's dead, you're like tipping over, you're, you're, you're stepping over dead bodies because the battle has been fought on your behalf. The enemy died at the very thought that you were coming into the room and you overcame through the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. You're more than a conqueror this morning. Hallelujah. Those in Christ Jesus, I am talking about you. Hallelujah. But there's a war this morning. That war is being fought for your soul. It's a daily attack. But many have to understand that, that the devil, he's God's devil. I want that to sink in just for a moment. Did you know that the devil, he has to ask permission to mess with you. He's not just an enemy. He has to ask permission and if he asks permission, God says, hum, uh, Alex, oh, yeah, yeah, he could handle that. Go ahead, do that. And sometimes the, the tests that you go through seem like, like, oh, my God, what's happening to me? Didn't Job say, why hast thou made me a target, oh, God? I mean, there's going to be times where you feel like God has just turned his back on you. But, but when God says to the enemy, go ahead, you can, you can mess with him in this area because I'm trying to sharpen his sword. I'm trying to get him to man up. I'm trying to get him to gird up. I'm trying to get him to a place that, that he'll never have that problem again. Hallelujah. So go ahead, mess with him. Do you know the enemy is like a big old bully, a bully in school. But, but in this scenario, the bully has to ask your dad if he can mess with you. 
Imagine that scenario. The bully, the schoolyard bully. Before he can mess with you, he has to go to your father and ask permission. Listen, can I mess with your son? Because, you know, I just don't like him. And the dad says, you know what? Go ahead. He can handle himself. Go ahead, mess with him. That's the scenario. That's how it is between the Lord. You, you see, the devil's like a puppet on a string. But see, your father knows that you could rise up to another level. Your father knows that you can handle it. Your father knows that when somebody starts messing with you, you can say, what? Get behind. What are you, what? Who do you think you're talking to? You know, there comes a point where you have to be assertive and you got to fight the good fight of faith. Praise God and not be afraid of the big bad wolf, of the big bad devil, of the big bad bully. Isn't it wonderful that we could take comfort in his word? He says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you, what you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Glory to God. Let me tell you, this escape plan of God is never an escape from the problem. God doesn't want you to run away from the problem or, or to ask him to remove the problem because you won't learn the lesson. But he wants you to escape to him. It's never an escape from, but it's an escape to him. And where do you escape to him? In the secret place, in the dwelling place, under the shadow of the Almighty, where the Lord is your refuge, where the Lord is your keeper. He wants you to hide in him. And, and he says, let me take care of this little problem here, lickety split. Let me just deal with this issue on your behalf so you could keep it moving. Glory to God. Charles Spurgeon, another quote. As you can see, I love this guy. Hallelujah. Our omnipotent Lord will shield all those who dwell with him. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's a shield. Hallelujah. They will remain in his care as a guest under the protection of their host. Glory to God. You know, when you hide in the secret place, of the Lord God Almighty, it's like going to the embassy. Do you know you could be in any nation in the world, any country, but when you go to your country's embassy, even though it may be in foreign land, on foreign soil, the minute you step foot on the embassy, you are now in USA. You could be in Iraq, but you go to the embassy, you are in USA. You could go to, to Poland. The minute you get to the embassy, you are now in United States of America. When you go to the embassy, you are now officially protected, not only by the embassy, but by the laws of United States. So the laws of Poland, the laws of Iraq don't apply to you. Hallelujah. The laws of the land that you live in apply to you. You are now in a, in a, in a nation that is free. Hallelujah. They can't force you to do anything because you are in the embassy. And when you run to God, you are a kingdom child. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. When you run into the dwelling place of the Most High, the laws of the land do not apply to you. The laws of nature do not apply to you. The supernatural dunamis power of God is what reigns in your world. Hallelujah. Everything changes. What is impossible for man is not impossible with God. 
Hallelujah. Can I get an amen in this place? You are a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. And not only that, the Lord said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Hallelujah. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. That's a word to get excited about. Hallelujah. 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 In him, I will place my trust. Do you trust in the Lord? And no other but the Lord. Hallelujah. Ephesians. You, did you know that the word trust is like another word for faith? When you believe with all of your heart, you begin to trust God. Because you know that his word is true. That his promises are true. They are yes and amen. Ephesians 2. It's 8 and 9. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Do you know that our salvation comes through faith? We, we believe in him. We receive him by faith. The same way we confess sin out, we confess salvation in by way of the mouth. Amen? Through confession. Romans 5.1. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So not only we receive him through faith, we receive salvation as a gift of God, but we are justified. The Bible says we have peace with God in whom uh, uh, the faith that we have is to be placed. You see, we can have trust in the Lord because he is faithful. He is just. He is a rewarder of all those who earnestly seek him. Are you seeking him this morning? Are you spending time with him this morning? David, the psalmist, he trusted in the Lord. We read earlier in Psalm 62, he said, I will trust in the Lord at all times. Glory to God. David trusted in him. Psalm 37, verses 3 through 5. Listen to this. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Ah, I love that. Praise God. Feed on his faithfulness. God is faithful. And we could feed on it like a feast because his faithfulness never runs out, never runs dry. He is faithful to the end. Yeah, like, like Toy Story, I'm a friend to the end. Hallelujah. Sometimes you got to feed on his faithfulness. I got little babies. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. Those are my illustrations. Faithful to the end. Glory to God. He says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Glory to God. Let's continue to move. Praise God. The word that we read, it says, God will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. He'll deliver you from perilous pestilence. He'll cover you with his wings. He'll be your shield and your buckler. How many know that, that a fowler is really like a hunter, a trapper, a, a someone who lays snares and lays traps? The enemy that, that we fight every day is like a, a, a fowler, that he's always laying little traps for you to stumble on. And, and, and he wants to try to catch you. David knew all about that. He had a little trapper after him. His name was called King Saul. King Saul was a hater. 
He was a hater. He was jealous. They were singing songs. Uh, Saul kills his thousands and David kills his ten thousands. He was a hater. You know, when people hate on you, it's only because they want to be you. Did you know that? So let them hate. Hallelujah. Hate on, haters. Hallelujah. Because there's something I know that you don't know. Glory to God. David did not touch King Saul, but King Saul hunted him like a wild animal. He set traps. He killed people. He killed priests. He killed everybody trying to get to David. There was one time David was fighting a battle. For three days, he was fighting and killing the enemy. And he came back home, him and all his men. And, and when he came and he arrived at the camp, his wives, his kids, the, the wives and children of his men, they were all taken captive. Think about that. You just go and you fight a battle, a war. You're exhausted. Three days without food and water. You're walking. You get back to the camp so you could replenish, recharge. And all of your family is gone. And then the Bible says, his men began to turn on him. If we were here, we would have been able to protect our families. But we were out there fighting with David, another one of his battles. You know what? Let's get some rocks. Let's stone him to death. Let's kill him. Isn't this something how everybody's down with you, everybody's got your back, everybody's with you until the things go wrong, until someone takes somebody captive, until things ain't right. And then those very persons that was running with you, your partners, your boys, your peoples, until, until something hits the fan, that's when everything changes. Now the very people you used to have in your house, in your living room, at your dining room table, those very people you call friend and brother and sister are now the ones picking up rocks ready to kill you with it I'm hitting a nerve today ain't I hallelujah but it's the truth but see one thing about David he knew about the secret place he knew about the dwelling place uh, under the shadow of the wings of the almighty and, and we read in, in the book Hallelujah, in the word of God, that David strengthened himself. David encouraged himself. He said, listen, you guys will go ahead and pick up those rocks, but give me a minute. I'll be right back. Hallelujah. And he went and found a little solitary spot. You see, your secret place, it doesn't have to be the same place everywhere. All you got to do is get along with God. And David found a little secret place, a little secret place in the woods, somewhere where there was nobody around. And the Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. Hallelujah. He probably started out by saying, Deliver me, deliver me, deliver me from my enemies. Hallelujah. Deliver me, deliver me. Right? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy tried and true right when you start encouraging yourself and then you get the upload and the Lord says listen brother go back into that territory and get your family back not one of them will die hallelujah go and utterly destroy the enemy for I am with you saith the Lord of hosts hallelujah and he says roger that copy that 10-4 
And now he walks back into the camp and they're huffing and puffing and they're angry and they're hot and bothered. He said, I heard from the Lord God Almighty. And he says, we will surely have the victory. He said, let us go into the enemy's camp and take back what he stole from us right now. And they looked and they said, what, what? Let's go. Where, where, where's my sword? But you know, listen, after three days of battle, they got charged up. Why? Because one brother, one person went back to the secret place of the Most High and he began to charge himself in the Lord. If we would stop complaining and stop being negative and stop looking at our situation like it was hopeless, we will kazak ourselves in the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you know that word? We, we say it a lot in this church. Kazak thyself. Hallelujah. Kazak thyself. Turn to your neighbor and say, Kazak thyself. Kazak thyself. Learn that word. That's a powerful word. That's a mighty word. It's full of meaning. Hallelujah. It's a Hebrew word. In the English, it means to be encouraged, to be strengthened. But the word kazak, David kazaked himself. Are you curious of what the meaning of that word is? Can I go there for a minute? It's a long definition, but when you hear this definition, it's going to rock your socks off. Hallelujah. It's going to make you want to run around this building. Hallelujah. Do some somersaults and some backflips up in here. Praise God. Let me tell you what this word kazak means. It's a huge word with huge meaning and huge implications. You ready? Here we go. It means to seize. It means to be strong, to bind up, to restrain, to conquer. It means to be constant, to continue, to be of good courage, to encourage oneself. It means to be established, to fasten by force. Hallelujah. It means to fortify and make hard. It means to harden, to help, to hold fast, to lean on, to maintain, to, to listen to this, to be a man. Hallelujah. It means to mend. It means to become mighty. It means to prevail, to be recovered, to repair, to retain, to seize, to strengthen, to be stout, to be stronger, to be sure, to take hold, to be urgent, to behave self-valiantly, to withstand. David encouraged himself. He kazaked himself in the Lord. Hallelujah. People of God, we need to kazak ourselves in the Lord. You got to know who you're fighting. You got to know who you're serving. Hallelujah. The enemy. We got to know his, his traps. He wants to kill you. He wants to take your family out. He wants to kill your kids. He wants to give you disease and pestilence and, and famine. And he wants to take away your provision, take away your, your livelihood. He wants to take away your health, everything. He wants to destroy you. Do you know that if he could take your soul, you become his trophy? He wants to take you like a trophy. You know how the hunters put deer heads on their wall? They kill an animal and they, they, they chop off the head and they have it taxidermied and they put it on the wall. He wants to mount you on the wall. 
Look at this valiant, mighty conqueror of God who thought they was all that in a bag of chips. Look what I got. I took his head. There it is right there. That's what he wants to do to you. He wants to put you on the wall, not in the hall of heroes, in the, in the wall of shame. Because God wants you to put his head on the wall. Hallelujah. Our enemy is a defeated foe. He wants to create disease, disorder. And it really is a plague of the heart. That's why the Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. You see, the enemy is after your heart. If he could get you to change your heart, if he could get your heart, that he could invade you. He could allow diseases of this world to come in and produce disastrous consequences to your life. But God said, come with me. Hide under the shadow of my wings. Did you know that birds have no real defense? Without flight, they have nowhere to go. They have no defense. And a mother, a, a chick or a mother bird or an eagle, it, it takes the chicks under the wing to provide safety from the elements, to provide safety from predators, to provide safety from, uh, from the heat, from the cold, from rain. And, and it's under there that the mother will feed the little chicks and provide sustenance and keep the babies under the wing until they're ready to be launched. Hallelujah. And there will come a day where the mother says, okay, now it's time for you to go out and make your way. Hallelujah. And, and listen, I love you, but today you're going to fly or die. Hallelujah. And there's going to be a time where I'm going to kick you out of the nest. And you're going to say, wait, mommy, it was comfortable under here. It was cool under here. Oh, I know it was, baby doll. But today you're going to fly because I can't feed you forever. I, I can't be taking care of you forever. I I've given you all the tools that you need to take care of your own self. Hallelujah. Today, you're going to fly. Then they catch the wind. Say, man, this is cool. I didn't know I could do this. Wow, I'm built for this. You know what? Let me see if I could do a little backflip. Oh, this is awesome. Then they say, let me take it up a little higher. Hallelujah. And then they go higher and they say, wow, I don't even have to spread my wings. I just stay here in the, in the, in the breeze. Right? You know, you know what the Bible calls that? That calls soaring, devotion. That, that calls being in the, in the clouds with the Lord. That's soaring in the heavenly realms, in the, in the secret place. It's where you're up there and you say, can nobody touch this? Can nobody even get near this? This is you and me, God. Woo! Hallelujah. Whoop, watch out for that. Hallelujah. That's where we need to be, church, soaring with him. The Bible says he is your shield and your buckler. Not only does he provide defense, but I want you to look at this. He's your shield and buckler. You see this little round shield? I had to look it up because I was like, what is a buckler? They said it's a shield. But it's not just any shield. You have a shield. When you're in battle, you have a big shield, and you use that shield to guard yourself. But the buckler is the little round shield, and you know what it blocks? Your hand. 
and you have a sword in your hand, but it blocks your hand so that the enemy can't chop up your hand or can't hurt your hand so that you could be able to hold the sword to defeat the enemy. So when he says, not only am I your shield, I'm your shield and buckler. That means when the enemy tries to knock the word out of you, you can still hold the word in your hand because the buckler is covering the hand to protect the hand so you don't drop the sword, you don't drop the word. He is your shield and your buckler. He doesn't want you to be afraid this morning. Turn to your neighbor and say, fear not, hallelujah. Even though all hell is breaking around you, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of the darkness by night or the arrows that fly by day. Hallelujah. The Bible says he will be your shield and defense. Praise God. Did you know that the, the enemy that we see, hallelujah, says you will look uh, on the, the enemy. You will look and see the reward of the wicked. I want you to think about that. This is big. Hallelujah. You will look with your own eyes and you will see the reward of the wicked. Hallelujah. Remember that show? What you talk about, Willis? You will see the reward of the wicked. Look at Psalm 37. It says, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For a, yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. You see, your enemy, the very one that is trying to destroy you, you're going to look at his area, and you're going to see nothing but ash. Nothing but rubble. You will look for his place where he was fortified, where he kicked his heels in the ground, said, I shall not be moved. And that place will be nothing but rubble. Hallelujah. Look at the next couple of verses in that same chapter. Verse 12 and 15. It says, the wicked plots against the just and gnashes his teeth at him. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and the needy, to slay those who are of upright conduct. But their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. You know what the word is saying? Whatever sword your enemy unsheaths to try to stab you in the heart, it's going to fall back right in their own heart. Whatever big stone the enemy me tries to roll on you to crush you it's going to roll right back on them and roll over them and smash them and their place will be no more and the very enemy that was trying to take you out will be the one in the box the one being lowered by the by the mortuary guy putting him deep six in the ground and his place will be no more hallelujah hallelujah and i'm coming to a close stay with me hallelujah don't take vengeance don't try to fight back and beat up people. Hallelujah. Let the Lord do that. He says in Romans 12, Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. In other words, let me take care of this. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Proverbs 16, 7, it says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. Listen. 
That means let God deal with people. They'll come back and they'll apologize. They'll come back and they say, man, I was wrong. What happened that day? Please forgive me. And you say, you know what? It's all good, kid. We're, we're cool. You know, God will make even your enemies live at peace with you. Why? Because of the secret place. Saints of God, listen, if you miss anything today, don't miss this. The secret place. This is the place where there's the inner court. It's the inner room. It's where nobody can enter, just you. It's reserved for you and only you. You can't go on my ticket and I can't go on yours. The secret place where no evil shall harm you. No evil shall befall you. Hallelujah. The place where God will give his angels charge over you. You know, sometimes we got to remember that we may be entertaining angels, even in our walk. Look at these two verses in Hebrews 13.2. It says, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. And Hebrews 1.14, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Let me tell you, I can tell you stories of angels intervening in the people of God's lives uh, over and over. Hallelujah. I remember uh, a missionary who came to our church. He was a missionary to Peru. And he says he was driving through the jungle. And, and, and through this jungle, it was a real bumpy road. And his Jeep is, is going through all these, these really terrible places. And he says, and there was this one woman that every time he tried to drive, this one woman carrying a baby would jump out in the middle of the road and they would have to stop. And, 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 and they would look at her. She wouldn't look at them, but she just had a little baby. And when they would get out of the car, she'd jump right back into the woods. They would drive a little bit more, and she would pop out again later down the road. The same lady. And they say, this is weird. Didn't we just see her before? Boom, popped out of the road holding a little baby. They got out the car. She goes into the bushes. This happened three times. On the third time, the missionary had the sense. Say, wait a minute. Wait. This, this here, what we see, this is impossible. This is a God thing. And they just say, you know what? Park the car. Let's take a little walk. And they begin to walk. And as they walk, guess what? If they would have kept driving, they would have went over a cliff. And they all would have been killed. And God sent an angel to divert them back on course so they go back to deliver the word that they were set out to give. I remember a story of my old pastor. He was a butcher by day and a pastor on the, on the weeknights and on, on the thing. I, I don't know how he could have done that. Hallelujah. Pastoring is a, is a real laborious work. Hallelujah. But nonetheless, he had a nine-to-five job, and he remembered one day at around 2 o'clock in the morning after he got off his shift, he began to walk home, and he decided, you know what, in the Bronx, he says, I'm going to go through this little alley because it's a shortcut to get home. I sure am tired. I want to get home to my wife and kids. So he went through this little alleyway, and all of a sudden, these thugs pop out in this alleyway, and they're ready to take his money and beat him down to a pulp. And as tired as he was, knowing that he's a man of God, he said, Lord Jesus, help me. Lord God, help me. How many know you can call on God at any time? Lord God, help me. All of a sudden, he said, this big dude, six foot something, big dude, he looked like a biker with tattoos and earrings and, and spikes on his, on his leather jacket. I mean, like a biker. 
He had the whole guard, boots on and everything. He said, what are y'all doing here? And apparently he fought with three young thugs, beat them all down, and then took the pastor, put his arm around him and said, come on, man, let me take you home. It's dangerous. You know you shouldn't be walking through here. What made you walk through here? Are you crazy? This neighborhood is not good. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He goes all the way to the house. Now, he lived on the fourth floor of a building. He walked all the way. He says, I'm going to walk you, make sure you get home safe. He walked them all the way up, four flights of stairs. And he goes, oh, thank you so much. And he puts the key in the door, turns, and he goes to thank the, the guy. He's gone. Gone. And he looks on the stairs. He's like, where is this brother? He's gone. Gone. I can tell you story after story. I, I want to read you one that I found. This is a miraculous protection from angels. There's uh, two missionaries, Matt and Laura Higgins, during the Mau Mau uprising in Kenya in 1960. It said in the 60s, the Mau Mau uprising gripped Kenya. During that time, missionaries Matt and Laura Higgins had to drive through hostile territory on their way to Nairobi, well aware that many had met violent deaths at the hands of the Mau Mau terrorists in that area. After dark, about 17 miles from Nairobi, the Land Rover that they were driving failed, and Matt tried in vain to repair the vehicle. The couple was forced to lock the doors and pray for safety. They awoke safely, repaired the car, and traveled on to Nairobi. Some days later, they heard an interesting story from an individual who was in contact with the terrorist groups. As Matt and Lori had slept that night, three terrorists had come upon them and intended to kill them. Suddenly, though, the terrorists had seen 16 strong men surrounding the car, and they fled in fear. Matt and Laura were puzzled about the identity of the 16 men until they returned home to America several weeks later and heard the thrilling testimony of a friend. And the friend said to them, On March 23rd, God burdened my heart for you guys. I called the men at our church, and 16 of us met together for emergency prayer on your behalf. And those 16 men, the angels were sent out at that place across the globe somewhere else and protected the missionaries on their journey. Listen, God will give his angels charge over you. But you got to spend time in the secret place. You got to get to know God. Hallelujah. The question this morning, do you have a secret place this morning? I invite you to come to the chambers of the living God. The Bible says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. Though they are like red crimson, they shall be white as wool. Then the Lord said, Revelations 21.5, He who sat on the throne, he says, Behold, I make all things New. In other words, it don't matter what you've done. It don't matter what you've said. It don't matter where you've been. He can take your life right now and flip it. Hallelujah. Lastly, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Please get into the secret place of the Most High this morning. God bless you, saints of the living God. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads this morning.
We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. We're able to bring this message to you because of the generous support of listeners like you. If you have been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? For a love offering of any amount, we'll be happy to send you a CD copy of today's message. To make a donation is easy. Please visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-342-9989. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-342-9989. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.